As a dad making a difference, you need to believe that your kids have untapped potential. Something lying beneath the surface that needs to be brought out of them so that they can truly become the human beings that they're meant to be. Well, my guest today is Scott Hooper, and Scott Hooper believes that there's an opportunity for a kid to be great. He's passionate about inspiring kids to greatness. In this episode, Scott is going to outline the steps that you need to take right now to begin inspiring your kids to greatness. He's going to walk us through his five-step framework and parenting matrix to identify what type of parent you are. He's going to give you three keys that you need to implement right now as a parent to take the steps forward to become an inspired parent that level five leader in your home so that your kids can walk into their greatness. My conversation with Scott Hooper starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome to this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. Today, I'm joined by Scott Hooper. Scott Hooper is a pastor. He's a children's advocate. He's an author, content creator, an aspiring podcaster. But what I love most about Scott is Scott is deeply passionate about wanting to see kids be inspired to greatness. Think about that for a moment, inspiring kids to greatness. Well, as dad's making a difference, that is where we want to be. We want to become the inspired parent. Well, today in this episode, Scott is going to share the outline of his five-level parenting matrix to help you identify which type of parent you are and what you need to do to get to the B, level five, the inspired parent. So get that pencil ready, get those voice memos ready. I know I'm going to put this on repeat. I'm going to re-listen to it because Scott is going to bring so much value and speak into your life as a dad, your life as a mom, if you're listening to this, so you can truly become an inspired parent, become a dad, making a difference. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Scott Hooper. Scott, it's great to have you. Welcome to the DMD podcast, brother. Thanks for taking time today. Thanks, Cam. I'm looking forward to it. Really am. It's an honor. You know, we were just chatting before we jumped on, as we often do with our guests, and I, I do with my guests here, and talking about the conversation we got to have a few weeks back, setting up this interview. And we are almost already diving into something important, but had to <laughs> press record so everybody else could hear it. But Scott, you know, I shared a little bit in the intro about your background in child ministry and your passion for helping uh, parents inspire their kids and live an inspired life. And so why don't you share a little bit with us about your background and what got you to where you are right now? Yeah, well, um, I am uh, a children's minister. I've been uh, doing children's ministry for 30 years. And um, I think I got into ministry because there was a huge need um, for um, for my church, really, to uh, to have a to have something for the kids. And that's pretty much how it was uh, framed, just to have something for the kids. Uh, but I stayed because God really gave me a vision for what kids ministry, um, I think, should be about. And um, and I, I believe internally now that, well, first of all, God created them for something great because he's a great God. I mean, that's my underlying uh, theory. And uh, and I think that every that what God put in every kid um, is that is that every kid is a prodigy of some type. And I know that's maybe an overstatement for some, but but I believe that there's some greatness inside every one of them. And we just need to point kids toward God and help them discover, you know, wh what he says about them. So that's that's kind of why I stayed in it. But I love um, I love working with kids and really found out um, early on that one of my superpowers is just to be able to um, to, to teach kids um, and have them understand um, the, you know, the truth about, about the Bible, uh, some biblical truths. And I've had parents say, man, I, um, I, I love it when you, this is what my kid came home with. And it's always great, you know, um, 
you know, when you have a kid that says, Hey, I actually listened and here's what he said. So <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. And, you know, 30 years in ministry and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the same church. That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- th- and this is really uncommon, I think, in um, a lot of, especially for children's ministers and for um, youth ministers. But um, whenever I got to that church, it's a little, little country church. Um, it's literally three miles outside of a, of, of a small town of three or four thousand people at the time. And um, and I came from a big, a big town, Denton, north of uh, Fort Worth and Dallas um, here in Texas. And um, I just... Uh, and it was a really culture shock. So we went to a small country church because I grew up in a big old church <laughs> and uh, um, God began doing some really, really significant things in my life. Um, one thing is I, my, my pastor was uh, had recently been um, gone through some what he would consider really deliverance type things. It's not just, you know, Bible hocus pocus stuff, but he he really had an encounter with God and he was set free from the fear of, of dying young. So it really transformed his teaching. And so I came into this as a hungry person anyway. And he began teaching um, all sorts of stuff, but especially um, really a kind of a freedom ministry type thing. And and um, I was delivered from um, from really uh, pornography as what it was. I was sitting on the back. Um, I was struggling. I've been struggling with it since I was a kid. I was sitting on the back pew. Um, this was uh, two years into college and um, of, the, of the little chapel there at the time. We have a bigger, a lot bigger building now, but at the time. And he said, you know what, Scott, you can be set free from that. And I was like. I've never heard this, you know, I grew up in a huge church, never heard of this idea that God is able to set someone free. I mean, I, I'm in, you know, what, what do I need to do? So he, he prayed for me and I repented, you know, it was a simple, it, it was simple, a simple prayer. I repented, I confessed, you know, what was going on. And, um, and I remember walking out, um, I felt, I felt a tangible lift. Okay. There was a, there was a, a tangible weight that, that I, I felt lift off of me. And I think the Lord did that on purpose so that I, I would remember, I remember walking outside and, um, and it was so quiet and we're in the country and that sounds pretty stupid, but, <laughs> but I was like, I, I can hear the birds. I know what birds sound like, but I realized in that moment that there was no voices in my head. There was no whisperings. There was no, I had all these competing thoughts and competing images and competing everything. And, and for, and for a while, God just released me of that. And so it was, um, it was really a powerful thing for me. And that kind of transformed how I, how I viewed my, you know, my walk with the Lord. Um, and so that's why I stayed at the church. And so the, the same pastors there, and um, of course, that kind of teaching um, has has um, infiltrated, you know, everything that I do with kids. And um, but yeah, we're just a little Baptist church. I know we're not little anymore. We're a Baptist church at three miles outside of the middle of nowhere. And uh, that uh, that now have probably four or five hundred people come on a given Sunday. It's, it's pretty remarkable what God's done. It's such a cool, you know, I, I've heard you speak in different ways before and not only the voice, like the voice stands out and I got to acknowledge that because you've done some work in that in the past, but with your story of being set free, it's, it's so good. And, and it's challenging me a bit based on what I experienced in my youth. And we, we chatted a bit about that before we jumped on this call. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole quite yet, but <laughs> explain what the difference is about that feeling of being set free versus what you're feeling before. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, this is, um, there, there's an old, um, saying, uh, maybe it's a, a metaphor of an elephant that, um, is shackled up and when it's taught, um, that it can't move anywhere. Um, the circus people, they, they, they shackle it and they teach it that it can't move anywhere. Even if it's unshackled, it won't move. And I think that in a similar way, um, and I, I know that also I've heard the metaphor of, of like sheep and goats when they're in a field. And I've actually seen this before, but but they'll make a path. And if there's a there's a rock or a can or something, that, a barrel they have to jump over, they'll jump over. It. And if you move it, they'll still get to that place and they'll still jump over, even if there's nothing there. And so we're, we're conditioned, I think, by sin. We're conditioned by our life um, to respond certain ways. And, um, and people in bondage don't know that they're in bondage. Um, and, um, 
but but the dangerous part is even though they don't know they're in bondage, um, hurt people will hurt people, and we've heard that before. Um, but also free people will free people, and um, and that's what I experienced. And so that there's a, there's really a, I mean the the difference all boils down to, uh, for me, well. Um, freedom that lasts boils down to a relationship with the God who sets free. Um, you know, the Bible says that whom the son sets free is free indeed. Um, and there's no qualifications. There's no, there's no, well, if you do this, then we'll set you free. But you know, yeah. da, 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 da. and, and there can be some theological points we could argue there, but the, the bottom line is that God comes in to do this work of freedom because Jesus Christ died on the cross. This is what I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross to do that work. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I want to walk in that? Um, and so, um, I, I think it all boils down to a relationship. Uh, God often does things in, uh, in miraculous ways here and there just to get our attention. Um, and I've seen those things before and we have a point, we have a, we have an opportunity at that moment when God intersects our life. Um, we have an opportunity at that moment. Am I going to follow what God says? Am I going to trust in him? Am I going to have faith in him? Or am I going to continue to do things my own way? And God's a patient guy. He's not sitting there going, man, you moron. What's wrong with you? You know, um, which is what we get at church sometimes. Um, It is. And this is a condemnation and the, and, um, man, and one of the, one of my messages to kids is this, God is crazy about you. God is crazy about you. And he thinks about you more than, more than you think about yourself. And he loves you more than, than your parents do. And I don't know how many times I've told the kids this, there's nothing you can do to keep, to, to, to make God love you less, nothing. And there's not anything that you can do good to make him love you more. He loves you. And, and that's why that's why Jesus died on the cross to take our sins away so we can have we can have an eternal relationship with him. And so that to me is the gospel and the good news. You know, and that's why I try to get across. That's excellent. You've led me there. You've led me to open up a bit about uh, my, my past. You know, I've been on this podcast before and spoken to how I grew up in a Christian home and it was good and, and, and like it was healthy and it was just something I was immersed in. You know, my great grandfather started one of the first or the first Baptist church in Calgary, Alberta, which is now a city of you know million plus people. Like, so, you know, Morley Hall was my great grandfather and he was, he was a preacher. He was a Baptist preacher, but you know, so there's this mythology almost to it. There was this thing of just, this is part of our family without really making it my own. And I hear about you talking about a God who loves you and there's nothing you can do that will make him love you more or love you less. Mm-hmm. And I feel as a kid, there's times and you can speak to this as a child, you know, minister this, this feeling as a kid is if I do something wrong, God will love me less because the adults around me or the older kids or the teenagers around me are telling me that I have this thing to measure up to that we can never really measure up to, right? It's right. the eyes of men we're trying to measure up to, but in the eyes of God, he loves us, right? And I appreciate you saying that because it's even helping me now reflect upon a journey where did I really believe that as a child, that God loved me for who I was. <laughs> right. What do, you, what do you see in the children you work with? And children, we're talking like third to sixth grader-ish kids, Correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I deal with uh, kindergarten, mostly um, I deal with kindergarten through sixth grade, but my third to sixth graders, you know, third, third through sixth grade, um, you know, as you know, and your your kids are kind of in, in that realm, they start thinking abstractly, and you can really yes. get into some real, real good and deep concepts with them. Um, you can use metaphors and and they're not always so hyper literal. So it's a lot of, I love that age. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's, so is there any one thing that stands out to you that you maybe, I don't know if experience is the right word, but maybe a topic or a conversation or a theme that has emerged in your service and in your work that just stands out to you as something as this, this pillar or this kind of beacon to be like, that's where we're headed. Like, that's what we need to work towards. This is a question I get often. This is a story I get often. Like, how do we shape and solidify faith in kids? Oh, maybe that question doesn't make sense, but what has... Yeah. stood out to you the most in working with youth because i find kids amazing right because they have no filter 
Yeah. I, yeah, I call them God's little spies. I, I learned so much about uh, about fa- family dynamics and what's yeah. really going on in the family with them, and it, which is not always good. But it's, um, I guess, it gives me a lot of a lot of prayer points, right? <laughs> uh, um, I, I I think that um, I think the thing that's really come out, and it's really less about teaching uh, kids. I, 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 there, there's kind of a twofold thing I want to talk about. Um, one one thing is I've I've come to realize um, that. Um, that faith, I, I can sit and teach kids all sorts of biblical concepts and I can teach them the Bible. And, and we both know, having grown up in church, um, cause I was the same way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, my, my family wasn't, you know, uh, in ministry or anything. Um, but, but we both know grow up in the church that sometimes our faith is just kind of like when the sun just kind of rises, it's not up, it's not up. Then all of a sudden you realize, oh, it's up, you know, and it's just, this is the thing that's there all the time. It's the culture. It's kind of how it is. Um, but I, I can sit there with kids that have grown up in church and I can give them all sorts of head knowledge. I can give them um, and I can be super accurate and I, they can know the books of the Bible and they can know how how it all laces together from Old Testament to New Testament um, and, and this whole redemptive plan of God and and um, and and just how it all it is, how it all works and why it's God's story. And yet, if they don't see it lived, uh, faith and and scripture lived out in the context of home, they'll never really get it because there's nothing to attach those those thoughts to. There's no there's no cubby hole for. I mean, I, I'm, we're creating these 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 pockets of knowledge, but until there's application um, where it's practical, it's really it's really hard. I mean, it's the same thing as going to college. I mean, gosh, how many college classes do we take? Um, you go in and you learn all this head stuff yeah. and you're like, why did I need to know that? There's I remember application. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember, I remember taking a business calculus class and I was like, why do I need to know this? And <laughs> my business calculus uh, teacher, he came in one day, he's like, all right, here's why you need to know some of this stuff. And then he started talking about, you know, if you want to find out how to fence off uh, a certain amount of land and and stuff like that. And he started talking about it. it's like, oh, OK, I, I can I can get that. I can relate to that. There's something practical I can do with it. And if you give me something practical and I have some knowledge, well, I can figure out how it works together. But we have disjointed in the church. We have disjointed stories and we have disjointed Bible verses that we memorize. We have j- disjointed um, scriptures. And, and, and how in the world will the kids understand um, how it works together unless unless they see it lived out with mom and dad in the context of a home under faith and faith is worked out by trials, by circumstances, by, you know, seeing mom and dad pray about stuff and seeing, seeing them get on their knees and cry out to God because, because they don't know where the next meal's coming from, or they don't know how they're going to pay this bill or, um, or they've had an argument and they're apologizing. They learn how to apologize to one. I mean, the kids learn everything. And I believe that God intended for the 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 whole well i i believe god intended for mom and dad to be the closest picture of of how um of how the i'm trying to figure out how to word this here i believe that god intended mom and dad in the family to be the closest picture of who he is okay so yeah, it's it's a so picture good. of the, of the triune God. It's a picture of unity. It's a picture of how He works, how He loves. It's a picture of compassion. It's a picture of leadership. It's a picture of of devotion. It's a picture of laying your life down for the people that you love. It's it's a picture of everything. And our kids will get a clear picture of who God is if if we are, if they have an opportunity to see faith lived out at home. So that's really the the theme that I've, that I've seen. I I've seen for 30 years and I have an opportunity to see kids and I, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of running, but, uh, but, but I, I, I've seen kids um, come through my ministry and they get a lot of head knowledge, not seeing it lived out at home. Then they, even they come by and, and they'll leave, but they'll come back to church. Now they have kids and, and they're starting to realize, okay, I've got to have, I got to start living this stuff out in the context of home. But the, but the choices they made were based on nothing other than what well, they had head knowledge of God. They knew that church was a place they're supposed to go find God, but their parents kind of shoved their children over to the church as the primary place for their spiritual formation instead of doing it in the context of home. And, and that becomes a, a problem if you're really wanting your children to have a practical faith that will drive them to the place that you really want them, the places that God wants them to be. I mean, a practical faith is only 
a, a faith that's that's born out of out of uh, struggling with your faith. What does Paul say? Work out your faith with fear and trembling, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's only it's only born in the in the context of 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 the circumstances of life, you know. And I believe that's in the context of home, not on one or two or three hours a week at church mm-hmm. among people. Yeah that are all claiming to be there for the same reason. I, I I have a philosophy about church that we won't get into now, but I don't think that we have, um, I don't believe that church is what the way we use it today. Um, not that it's not effective in some ways, but it's not the way, it's not the way the early church or the way God really intends it to, to work. Oftentimes, yeah. oftentimes yeah. I'll qualify that and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that for now. Maybe that's another episode because I'd love to dive into that conversation with you as a, as a young man who walked away from the church for 17 years, you know, not, not away from my faith, but away from the church. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to have another conversation on that. But I want to get back to you saying, seeing faith lived in the home, because in the examples that you shared, it's clear that faith is shown in the home by the parents who navigate both the good and the bad, the easy and the hard. And and how it's okay to show your kids that you struggle, but you still have faith through those times. And it's okay to show your kids that you celebrate your wins and still have faith in those times. Uh, let's dive into parenting a bit, because that's where I want to go today. You know, it's dad's making a difference. We've got to talk about being a dad. Right, right. <laughs> and you have a passion for helping parents really take a more active role in the development of faith in their kids. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, I, I really, I really think that kid, that parents, um, I think one of the things that they miss is, um, is that they, they either don't have the confidence or they don't have, uh, the clarity or they don't have the tools, uh, to be the, to, to be the parents that they need to be. Um, and there, there may be some more, but those are the top three. I think, you know, I don't have the confidence of being a parent is that parent that is just like, I just, I never had a good example. I don't know what to do. You know, uh, what am I supposed to do with my, you know, in this and this, and then you have the ones with clarity. It's like, I know I'm supposed to do something, but this person's doing this and this person's doing that. And this person's doing this. And this book tells me to do this. And this is what the church says. And this is what this says. And there's just no, there's just no um, homogenous thought about what I need to be doing in my family. And then you got the parents that just have no tools. They don't know where to find tools. They wouldn't know how to use a parenting tool or a marriage tool or anything, other kind of tool. Um, that um, and we can talk about tools later if you want, but we but they just have no no idea of how to use them, and so a lot of times this is where it's lacking, um, you know, with parents. And um, I forgot what your other uh, question was with that. I'm sorry. No, and no, that was the that was the question. Okay, okay. So, you know, there that you're passionate about helping parents yeah. develop these skills. So, you know, one of the things you shared with me is you are in. I don't know if you want to call it in the the beginning stages, the beta phase or whatever we talk about yeah. in business, but you are on this personal journey of creating a framework or a uh, parenting grid that you described to me about yeah. helping parents identify where they are in this journey and how to, like you said, almost like a tool or a guide walk through this together with their kids. Uh, there was, I think you shared five different levels, if you yeah. want to call them that. You can be more specific. It's your thing. And, and I can't wait right. to share it uh, of parenting. Why don't you dive into this parenting grid, this framework that you're working on? Yeah, I kind of call it a parenting matrix. So it's a grid. Okay. It's, it's kind of a framework. Um, and I'm, it has very, very beginning stages. And so we're trying to I'm or, I'm working with a um, with a, a coach with actually a, um, a guy that's helping me uh, really frame this because I've come to the conclusion that I can't do what I'm doing and I don't even believe that God wants me to continue to do what I'm doing forever and ever and ever you know until I until I die I feel like that that there's some things that I can do alongside of my of my work at, at church and and I really do want to help help parents but I've kind of identified. Um, five different types of parents and and I, let me let me qualify all of this. <laughs> <laughs> first <laughs> i always have to qualify by understanding that you can be in more than one of these areas um, depending on your children i mean we every dad that's listening to this know whether they have two kids or i mean if they only have one kid that's the only one that they they have but even they would know that every kid is different but i mean i've got three kids 
and they couldn't be more different in how they approach life and how uh, what motivates them, what doesn't motivate them. And so this is a this is a matrix in that um, it's really designed for the parent to try to um, determine where they are in parenting so that they can kind of, okay, what, what is my thought process? And, and, and hopefully when I get it all done and I'll get into this here in just a second, but hopefully when I get it all done, there'll actually be kind of a, I'm, I'm actually working on a, on an inventory that parents will be able to uh, go through and um, answer, answer a few questions and, and give, get an idea of, Oh, okay. This is kind of the direction I am. This is where I am. And maybe even point them towards some initial resources um, that might help them in their journey as they travel up the, the parenting matrix. The idea of this matrix is that it may start at a ground level and hopefully nobody, there are parents that will start at the lowest level that I'm about to talk about. This is not your audience. Your audience is probably somewhere in the middle and above. Um, but, uh, but, but hopefully a parent will identify, you know what, this is kind of way I am. I, what do I need to do to get, to get to that next level? If, if you want to call it that, what can I do to, to, to get better? And, and where we're moving from is where we are toward this idea of being an inspiring parent. So that's the direction we're heading. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. first level is uh, the apathetic parent. And we, we know um, that there are parents out there that are like this. Um, they're not even really parents. They've fathered or mothered someone. You know, they, you know, they brought a child into the world, but they're kind of like a moth. They just kind of flit and fly and, and go from flame to flame and whatever, but they have zero awareness. They're completely reactive to what their kids are doing. If they have any action at all, uh, a lot of times they're just open-handed. Um, but, um, they have a pinhole perspective. If you think about it, you know, if you take a piece of paper and you poke a, poke a hole in a piece of paper and, and, and put it up to your eyes and you can see just a little, little bit, that's kind of their perspective about life and, and, and their perspective about what their responsibility is as a parent. And I think that they're really characterized by confusion and chaos because what, what, what guides them is the self, you know, it's negative can environment. I, can I jump into that real quick? You know, I'm yeah. sure. And, you know, you, you described it as like that first level and how, you know, some of our listeners here aren't there, but I'm also self-reflecting right now. And I love your, I love you presenting this as a matrix, as this area of which you can identify where you're at as a parent with the idea of, we want to get to the inspiring parent, you'll get there. But I think, man, like there's times in seasons in my life, in moments in my life where as a dad, I'm the apathetic parent. Now I wouldn't classify myself on the matrix there all the time. Right. There's days there are, there's days. So are you, when you look at this matrix and the guys listening to this right now, who I hope you're listening to Scott in your self, you know, evaluating, reflecting on where you're at as a dad. Cause I think that's healthy. Yeah. Can we look at this matrix through the lens of a moment in time? Or are we looking at an overall journey and where we're at? I think an overall journey, because if you're if you're reflecting on your own parenting um, place here and you're realizing, hey, I've been there before, you probably don't want to be there. You don't want to be that apathetic parent. And and to be quite honest, that apathetic parent has no idea about that they have no concept Uh, and so if you're actually sitting there thinking oh that might be me well you're probably not that yeah we do we we go into lazy parenting i mean i am the guy who comes home from work 
And it's like, oh, you want to play Legos now? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I'll go in there and I'll I'll lay down and I'll just, yeah, you know, I'm just in the room. I'm not engaged with them at all. Or I want to sit down in front of the TV or or whatever. So, yeah, we all have these moments. But I'm talking about an overall perspective of of how of, of where we consistently function as as parents. Man, um, I love so this it. is actually this is actually helping me to articulate some of this, you know, um, as I'm developing it. So I appreciate that question. No, it's great. And it just adds context to like where you're heading. I have notes in front of me, so I'm cheating because I know oh. where you're heading with this. And so <laughs> and now but now it just adds depth and context and separation to yeah. the matrix and so yeah. no thank you for clarifying that yeah. so I, i'm gonna let you continue what's the next yeah. level in that that matrix yeah well i'm gonna i'm gonna talk a little bit about the results of that apathy um, and this will oh, help one i identify and then maybe there there could be a dad listening to this it's like you know what i know i'm an apathetic parent um because this is this is the characteristic of my life and i don't want to be here anymore but sometimes it's broken promises you know a lot of broken promises oh yeah we'll do that tomorrow we'll do that um and we've all done that as dads um i think there's a lack of integrity though that really um is is the main thing they sweep things under the rug instead of dealing with them i mean there's just a lot of real negative behaviors and this is really not a level that of even parenting that i i think that i mean if if someone is this, then there's a whole lot of things that need to be dealt with. Um, some self-awareness, some a lot, a lot of things that need to be dealt with. The next four levels that we're talking about, this is what we can work with. And if you know that you're in, you know, operating in any of these, you have a foundation that, that you're working on. And the next level is the aware parent, or I actually will call it the uh, interested parent because um, they're concerned about their kids. I mean, they're, they parents, they, 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 but, but, um, but they don't know what to do. Okay. They kind of have poor more emotional health themselves. I think that there's a, a, a ton of comparison to other people. There's no, there's no internal guidance um, about, what I need to do for my kids in my context, because I'm the parent, that type of thing. They're, they're always comparing their outside issues or their inside issues with someone else's outside. And they're doing this and they're doing this. That's the, the stuff I can see. Well, this is how I feel. So I'm going to start doing the outside things. And so they're, they're always comparing themselves. And so a lot of times the, the child is controlling the family outcomes. Um, and so and so you have this parent that's really a sponge. They're willing to soak in ideas, um, but they can only squeeze out. They, 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 they just really can only squeeze out what they soak in. OK, they have nothing more to offer than 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 what someone has said. Hey, you need to, to do this. They, they have no toolkit. And this type of parent we can really work with because, you know, what happens, what happens when, when their perspective changes a little bit about what their is, or they start believing in themselves or they, they, they get a, they get a couple of tools that they can, they can, um, you know, put into place and, and see some positive outcomes immediately. So you have that, that parent, the next level up is, uh, the involved parent, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the involved parent is probably where a lot of people stay. And this is where a lot of people are, are here and they'll, they'll kind of fluctuate around. But the involved parent, they're, they're open to change. They're open to, to ideas. They, they desire unity. They're earnest. They, they work hard at parenting. But a lot of times they're disorganized. They, they, they don't really have a toolkit. They probably don't have they've really never thought about a mission or vision or values for their, for their family. They've never thought about um, beyond, you know, what's going on right now. Um, you know, what, what they need to be doing. They're probably a little bit reactive. Um, I think they have probably a good parent child relationship. Um, and then they may even have some tools in their toolkit. They've gone to marriage conferences, you know, they've gone to some, you know, they, they listen to sermons or maybe they've read a couple of books on parenting, um, but really don't know how to use what tool when, and maybe use the tools that they have come across pretty infrequently. Hmm. Um, but this is the middle, this is the middle of the road. I've seen a lot of guys there, you know, I've worked with a lot of men who would probably self-identify or evaluate that that's where they're at right now that you know i'm glad that you brought up you know having a vision and a mission for your family is something that's important and i've spoken about that before on the podcast and how that journey of creating a mission and vision for our family and our home for our kids and for us as husband and wife was such a turning point in my identification of who i was as a dad and who i wanted 
to be moving forward. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I love that you added that and you have that in there because this, this is an easy place to stay. This is an easy place to stay and to, to waver back and forth on which direction you're going to go, uh, which I think you, the next one, you know, is that uh, is intentional, you know, intentionality. So why don't you dive in? I, I, I don't want to spoil it again. I'm no. cheating. No, but, but no, I love the mission awesome. and vision because mission and vision gives purpose. Yeah. And you cannot be intentional without purpose. So yeah, I'll let you continue with the major. That's right, yeah. And so uh, you know, from involved, you really become the that intentional parent that is directed. They're they're mission minded. Um, they not only want best. I mean, they're and they're they're really good people. Um, but but they know what they want and what the fine and what the and what family dynamic um they want. Um, they 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 know what the family what what they want the family to be. Um, there's generally a plan. Um, there, there's some clarity about, about this vision about, okay, this is the direction we're going. Um, this is what I, this is what I want to see, but, but I think this is an important distinction, you know, for this intentional parent, these are awesome things because they, they, they use the, they use the tools. Um, they, uh, they, they know, and I think they use them frequently. They, they do things frequently. They're consistent. Um, there, there's, um, there, there's there's probably a very uh, a very it's probably a home for the most part that is um you know that the child feels safe and so there's some security in the relationship i guess is really how i want to do that but they're real loyal to everything and i think i think they make a healthy parent and this is that this is where we we all uh typically stay i think yeah yeah. And what pushes us forward because if our goal is to be the inspiring or inspired parent like what you described just now, I think 90% of guys are like, that's amazing. Like, that's where I want to be. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Amazing. But that's no, not it, it. Yeah. No, it's especially since when you start, when you start looking at, at parenting in that level of parenting, you look at other people that are parenting. Again, we're comparing my insides to everybody's outside. I can look at other people and go, well, I'm doing this. I know which direction I'm going. I'm a good parent. And yes, you are. And yes, yeah. you are. And it is okay to know that you're a good parent. And there are times that you kind of fall a little bit because your kids are doing something and they're getting squirrely. And remember, remember, this is a, this is a, a general matrix about where you, you fluctuate and function most of the time. But what makes the difference to answer your question is uh, you know, that that intentional parent knows what they want with the family dynamic that what they want the family dynamic to be, but the inspiring parent, they know what their kids desire. They know what their kids dreams are. They, they engage their kids there. They, they jump into their children's lives there. Uh, They anticipate what the kids need um, in the next season. That's just around the corner. And they know what seasons their kids are going into. They know what their kids likes and dislikes are, you know? And so, and so you're looking at, um, I, I actually use besides inspiring, um, it's almost an intuitive parenting where, where you are a student of your students. You know, you're a student of your kids. Um, you realize that your children have got to have a healthy view of marriage if they're going to, if they're going to have healthy relationships. And so you are anticipating that and you're, you, you have things in place. You have a plan in place where you are trying to do your best to teach your kids how healthy relationships work in the context of, of home so that when the siblings are yelling and screaming at each other and they're doing things and they're calling each other names, you're able, you have the tools in place to be able to deal with that. Not because it's annoying, which is what, you know, other parents would do, but it's because you know that if they continue that kind of attitude, where's that going to take them? You know, and, and you and you know that if you view con, you know, I, I've, I've dealt with a whole lot of people in, in my life. I really have. Um, but but people that um, that avoid conflict consistently. Especially in their marriage, and they don't talk about the hard things. What are you teaching your kids? That's a great question for the inspiring parent. This is the best question. What am I teaching my kids right now? And then there's don't don't find any condemnation in this. I mean, listener, please, <laughs> because because we we are teach, but we are teaching. We need to understand, and an inspiring parent understands, we are teaching our children all the time. If we choose to sweep something under the rug and not deal with the point of conflict because we think conflict is bad, we've taught we've taught our kids that conflict is bad and not an opportunity for growth. 
if we don't teach our kids, um, well, if we know that we are not good at budgeting and we're not good at financing and I don't have the tools that it takes to teach my kid this, instead of avoiding that, let's find the tools where the whole family can do it. Let's 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 confess that to the kids. Hey, you know what, kids? I suck at this money thing. I'm sorry. Let's can we work on this together? We're going to do a family budget here and y'all are going to have an opportunity to do this you know, as well. Y'all, we need, I need help even shopping for groceries. Let's do this thing together. Oh, dad, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's fine. The inspiring parent knows what their kids really, really, really need for the future. And they know what's right around the corner because you've already been there. You know that there's the relationship things. You know that there's marriage things. You know that there's sex things. You know that there's the the, the pornography issues. You know that there's um, drug and other things. You know that there's political and socio uh, you know so, sociological issues right now. And you, and you need to be able to teach your kids what your perspectives are on this. And for the biblical um, home, for the Christian home, there, there's there's a whole lot of there's a lo- whole lot of help, and we have we have to be able to teach um, what God says, and everything that God says is a countercultural type thing. And if I'm not if I'm not inspiring my kid to that, um, then then I've probably not done my job. But even past that, for this inspiring parent, they are seeing their kids, and they're not only asking the question. What am I teaching my kid? But they're asking, they're asking, what great thing is in my kid that I need to help draw out? Bible verse. And this is my this is my verse for this for this level. And you and you know it, you Bible people know it, um, you Christians know it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he won't depart from it. This is not a thing, it's like a promise that you know you do the right thing now and your kid will never leave it. It's not, it's not that at all. Okay. Your kids have to again, they have their own faith and they've got to make their own decisions. But this is the the concept of train up a child is a is a vine. It's a it's an agricultural thing. And so picture of a, a grapevine and someone who has a vineyard as they see a branch go, they know that this branch is going to do this. We're going to train this vine to go a certain way so that it can yield the most fruit. It can be the most productive. It will it will protect itself. It, it will be the most disease free. And we're doing everything that we can to train up this child in the, the way it should go, this vine in the way it should go, because we want to see the fruit that God wants on it for our children. We try to identify um, early, early on. Um, and I think a lot of parents are like this, but we try to identify early on what their interests are. Our daughter's interest was photography. And we mm-hmm. spent some moolah on getting her um, a camera. And she took off. She's a professional photographer in San Antonio. Okay. Um, makes more money than I ever will. It's crazy. Um, which is comforting because I did pray for that just in case, you know, one of these days yeah. she has to take care of me uh, <laughs> or my wife or whatever. Um, I have a son um, who's a musician. And we early on, I mean, when he was seven, we got him a drum set and that's not a good idea uh, for a whole lot of parents, but we knew that God was, was pushing him in this direction. And, uh, and he is a, he's a professional musician. He, um, but he he also works for another company there, but he lives in Nashville. He he knows how to do this kind of stuff. You know, he loves it, but this, these are the bents that he, that, that, that they're going. My other son has always been interested in cooking. He came up when he was 16. Well, yeah, he was in the kitchen and we gave him the freedom to do whatever he wanted to do. He came up with his own barbecue sauce recipe that he sold to some businesses around here for a while. Um, but it was an awesome, I mean, we call it awesome sauce because it's an awesome barbecue sauce. And it's, um, you know, but that's the thing. And so that's part of finding the greatness in our in our children. But right. then to help them find even more, you know, just the, the, the um, just the kernels of, of greatness that God has put in there because God is a great God. So that's kind of the, that's kind of where the matrix is, you know? So that inspiring parent is that anticipatory and that proactive, man, I'm on it. Not too often lazy. I'm, I'm just on it. And I'm in it for the long haul type parent. So good. It's so good. Like I'm going to go back and listen to this and take notes because <laughs> what you've just shared in this matrix is so good for the guys who are listening to this only not only to identify where they are, but to start to map out where they want to be, how they're going to get there and what the next step is. And so I think that's my next question for you. If there's someone listening to this right now, what's the, what's the one step? What's the one thing you would encourage them to do this week? Uh, Hmm. That's a great question. It kind of depends on where they find themselves and what they're needing. I think the first thing is, 
is ask God, okay, what what do you want for this family? Mm-hmm. What where where am, where am I lacking? I think that's the first question is to be self-aware of awareness. What, what where where is it that I'm lacking? And I think I think a follow-up step would be let's let's talk to the wife, you know, here. Let's let's sit down, husband and wife, and let's determine what is it that we want. What do we want to see our kids in 10 years? I mean, it doesn't have to be a 10 year plan, but write out a little vision story about, about your, your kids 10 years from now or 15 years from now, they're married. They, they have their own kids. What, what do you want their lives to look like? What do you want? What do you want the the family dynamic to be? And and look at a, look at a vision statement like that. And then, and then develop a, a mission, um, out of that, you know, you can draw, draw out of that, you know, kind of, okay. So what do we need to do to, in order to get there? Um, you know, create some family values. You know, what is it that we really, really value as, as a family? Is it, is it family time? Is it, is it traveling? Is it, um, is it toys, you know, stuff like that? Is it, what do we value? I, I don't know what you value, but whatever you value, figure it out be on the same page and talk about it with your family. I think for the Christian, um, uh, for the Christians, I would say another step would be um, really take it to the Lord and and start journaling kind of what your heart, you know, what your heart desires are and really take time you and your wife to take time to to take it to the Lord and and say, God, would you, would you lead us in this? There's a lot of different steps you can take, but those are some off the top of my head. So just off the top of my head, you know, a five-step program for you to find success as a father. I love it, you know, <laughs> and I love, I love that it started with self-awareness. I think that's, that's key. Uh, sometimes it's hard to be self-aware. Sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable enough to say, this is where I am. Yeah. Uh, but it's so important. So, you know, and let me, I want to say something just when you said vulnerable to, to, to make a statement about where I am. And I think it's that level of humility. And if you mm-hmm. need to go to your wife and go to your kids and have a little family meeting um, and humble yourself before them, uh, that would mean the world. Probably mm-hmm. they may not understand it right now. Some of your kids, but, but I think that that level of humility starting out saying, you know what, I don't have it. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't have it figured out, but I'm going to try. And I apologize. Oh uh, man, uh, God can do something incredible with that. That's incredible. Scott, as you grow as a father, what is one area of growth that you're committed to right now or one area in your life that you're really excited about? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I told my kids that the only reason I had them is so I could have grandkids and um, I don't have any yet. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're excited I, about I'm, that? I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, I think, uh, man, what am I really committed to as a, as a, as a dad, you know, uh, one, one of the things that I, um, that I, that I've struggled with, um, and my wife has had, and I've had conversations is, um, is kind of the, uh, no news is good news type thing. And so as, and we've kind of taught that with the kids, you know, we've taught some self-reliance, um, our kids didn't really get homesick, um, when they went to camps, uh, they didn't. Um, they, they, they weren't, when they went to grandparents' house, it was hard to get them back home, you know, that type of a thing. So they were never like homebodies, our kids. Um, I don't know if that has to do with their wiring or our parenting. I have no idea, probably not our parenting, but anyway, that's how they were. Um, but as they grew, grew into adults, they got married. Um, you know, I don't hear from them. I don't, I, I mean, it's not, we have a family thread, you know, and, and yeah. we'll text and we'll laugh and, and we'll get together. And, and, and when we get together, it's great. There's no issues, but I, I miss the communication and I miss being with them. And so that's one of those areas an inspiring parent would probably anticipate and uh, figure out communication channels um, before then, uh, before they go off to college and go off so that there's a, not, not a, I have to, I have to check in with mom and dad. Not, not that at all. I love that my parents, that my kids found their own lives. That's important. Um, but we're trying to do some things like zoom calls um, every now and then every few weeks. I haven't been great at it to be, to be perfectly honest, but we've, we've done, um, we've done one. We, we need to do another one before the holidays. Then we'll see each other for the holidays. Um, but we're just trying to kicking this around, trying to figure out time when we can do zoom calls and connect with one another. So that's an area that I'm really committed to right now is just keeping the family, um, community, um, kind of tight. So love it. I love it. You know, you shared so much value today. And like I said, I'm going to listen to this 
multiple times for sure over the next week after this comes out. Uh, if someone's listening to this right now, Scott, where can they find more information from you, on you, connect with you um, online? Well, uh, nowhere yet. Um, oh, okay. TheRealScottHooper.com, which will be the first place that we, uh, it'll be kind of my landing spot where people can um, kind of get a little bit better insight to, to what, who I am, what I, what I do. Excellent. Um, that'll be live one of these days, but um, I'll, I'll be bold and I'll say um, you, can, you can text me or call me and it's 254-485-6538. I mean, who gives her cell phone number out? Come on. There you go. So, uh, yeah. Except for maybe uh, Bob Goff. I think he does. <laughs> uh, but you can also, um, I have an, I have a, um, an email. It's the apparent parent at gmail.com. Excellent. The apparent parent at gmail.com. You can, Amazing. you can, uh, email me there and, uh, be happy to chat with you. And, um, but hopefully I'll get all these things uh, in line soon and um, get this inspiring parent thing uh, going. And what's going to come out of this, okay, is I have a vision for Inspire Kid. Um, and I have, uh, I've done some podcasts before, but Inspire Kid's a thing on my heart. Um, having resources, um, um, I, have a, I have a whole um, thing called a mile deep that I want to because it's, I feel like going deep with kids on, you know, with gospel things and with, with uh, just teaching in general is important. I got a whole ecosystem that um, my brain is ready to explode and build, but baby yeah. steps, baby steps. I love it. It's good. I cannot wait to see this come <laughs> together and we'll make sure all your contact information is in the show notes for people. And when it's live, you're going to let us know. We're going to pump it out because I'm excited for men to dive into this. Men and families and and just to navigate this together and grow together. Thank Scott, you. thank you for taking time today. I appreciate you. Um, yeah. Man, it was a great conversation. Well, thank you because I, what you're doing is very important, super important. Um, men in their, in their kids' lives, dads in their kids' lives, um, whether they're your natural kids or stepkids or just, man, kids you've just taken in uh, as your own. That is, man, God, that is God's heart um, is to father these kids. And so thank you for what thank you're you. doing as well. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.